tell me you love me. I need a good laugh. I'm holy water. You need a good bath. Whiskey and perfume. You had a nightcap. Now how about that? I've got a new friend. A perfect stranger. He's got a bullet with your name in the chamber. I'm body organ. Rearranger. You feel my danger. Nooner time. Welcome to the Nooner Show with Jay Dubs and Denise Brennan Nelson. We're broadcasting live from the Podcast Detroit Studios in Rock and Royal Oak, Michigan. You can find us at podcastdetroit.com. It's Nooner time. Somebody bring me a mirror. Hump day. Happy hump day. Hump day. I have so many notes in front of me, I'm confused. I'm starting to feel like Denise here. Looks like (laughs) a John Madden football play. (laughs) (laughs) I guess maybe what I feel like since I don't know anything about football. But anyway. God, it feels like spring outside though. Oh, I know. It's so crazy. I know. Kathy doesn't want to hear that. I don't. I'm right there. And now it's gonna snow in May. I agree. Yeah, I it's, I it's terrible outside. The this is what, it mo- it's Mother Nature's way of getting back when it's too warm when it shouldn't yeah. be. Oh, karma! <laughs> you know, karma. I'm I'm bummed because I like snow. So <laughs> I love snow. Yeah, I, know. I oh, want to snowshoe same. and ski, and I haven't done anything this year, so I'm a little bummed. Well, yeah. if Kathy's predictions are right, then you'll be skiing in, in May. May. <laughs> so, that's okay. I'll get it in one way or another. Yeah. So. <laughs> there you go. So anyway, you look like you're feeling a lot better, oh, Rocky. Yeah, I feel like I'm back to life. Yeah, so. thank God. Yeah. So you're starting to. I don't sound Reschedule like a man. Your get, yeah, no, I know. Well, we yeah. were just talking about that actually. <laughs> changing changing our, our voices. What what did you call that, Brian? Oh, the parametric equalizer. So I we believe can, that's what it's called. And yeah. we can hook it up and yeah, sound uh, different. Adobe Audition. Yeah, it, may, it gives you the booming Ryan Seacrest voice. Oh. Can we just get helium? Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't think that's my voice. I think it's the inverse. I think it's the inverse. Yeah, I think it is cheaper. There might be some cool side effects too, from what I've been told. That is so funny. So, so yeah. how I'm dying to know how the Lucas Graham show went last night. It was fantastic. Oh, wait. So we should explain. So John Paul, everyone yes. knows, yeah. everyone who listens to us knows John Paul did the um, seven years, the remix. seven years remix. Right. Or he redid it for the graduation. It's gone viral. And he was personally invited yes. as a VIP to that show. And he right. got a plus one ticket. He did. So instead of taking his older sister, right. which is bullshit, <laughs> or <right>. um, <laughs> he, um, he, he did, took the he person took he mom, knew he would so. have fun with, which was me. Well, and you deserve it. I oh. mean, you should be going VIP to oh, those things. So you, you should be with him. So That's yeah, so nice no. of you. Well, Actually, I mean, it's if he of... didn't pick you, or you should have been the first. I should be second, very close. You're boring. And though. after that, you would there's... have wanted to leave by nine before he even hit the stage. And I would have wanted <laughs> so to that, watch. That's why I didn't ask you. We can go to concerts any day, Rocky. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting late. Seriously, it's funny because when he did get the ticket, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I thought he would maybe take Lexi. Yeah, you know, I mean, I didn't. Oh. If, 
think at all that he would uh, he would take he me. Better take his mom. Well, no, it's funny <laughs> because when he said he was going to take me, I said seriously, and and I'm think you know I I got teary eyed. It was sentimental. I thought, oh gosh, you know he's, he's taking his mom. Yeah, he's taking me. He appreciates everything I do. Blah blah blah. No, he was like, yeah, I need you to work this. I'm like, <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> I'll work it and get him on the nooner show. So. <laughs> but um, anyway, seriously, we it, first of all, it was a great show. Lucas Graham is just amazing. He's so different. And I, I really don't even know how to categorize the music. Mm-hmm. Um, he has such a unique sound. Yeah. He's definitely um, like an alternative pop. I mean, it's not so. Yeah. It's but his a little voice bit more authentic. is so different, too, though, you know. Mm-hmm. Um and just he goes out there in a white T-shirt and then he takes off the white T-shirt and he has a, a wife beater shirt on. And then he takes that off and he performs shirtless. <laughs> and it's like, OK. Great um, for ratings. Oh, from what I've been told. People loved it. Uh, no, but you know what's really cool about him? And this is sort of like you can see it in his personality. It's, it's not like he's fit. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Not at all. And he's comfortable out there and having a great time. And, and, and yeah, most of the show, he was no shirt. You Just know? hot. Yeah. yeah. But, um, Confidence, man. That's so, what sells. I, I was trying. I was trying to figure it out. Like, what was it about mm-hmm. him? And um, you know, I realized he he's very charismatic, mm-hmm. and he's very. Um, you know how I'm always intrigued by songwriters and like the songs. Mm-hmm. You know, I always want to know what the story is behind sure. the song. Oh, of course. Um, and he told the stories yesterday, oh, behind, cool. which was really cool, and it made it so personable. And plus. On top of that, it was at the Fillmore, which mm-hmm. if if you love haven't, the Fillmore. oh, it's God, I love the Fillmore. It's it's beautiful. There's it's, not a bad seat in the house. No, really not, not at all. It's beautiful and it's um it's intimate and uh, it was really cool. So we so anyway, so when we got there, um, you know, they looked up his name mm-hmm. and and they said, well, I thought we were just going to be standing on the main floor, mm-hmm. which was fine, whatever. And um, they said, oh, we have your table ready for you. <laughs> walked over. Like a boss. I, it was like a boss. Like a boss. I like, you go, man. Yeah. And uh, so we had a great time. He ended up meeting Lucas Graham Oh, I after. saw the pictures. And Lucas Graham was just so gracious and so cool and gave him. I didn't meet him, so I didn't get to hear the conversation. But John Paul was wow. telling me that he gave him some advice and just oh, said, wow. you know, um, keep rocking and um, d- don't give up on your dream and everything wow. else, which was just so that cool. That is so cool. That he would do that. Um, but we had a great time. But the Fillmore, what I, if you haven't been to the Fillmore, that's where the Detroit Music Awards you yeah. know, has their award show every year. And this year, it's April 21st, and the Nooner Show gets to broadcast Yay. live, Facebook Live. Awesome. <laughs> that Yay. night. Yeah. Yay. So we're really excited about that. So the month ding, of ding, April, ding. we are going to um, have a uh, Detroit Music Awards month where yeah. we're going to talk about the history of the DMAs. We're going to talk about the history of the Fillmore, and we're going to have musicians on uh, the whole month of April. That's, awesome. That's yep. going to be the month. So you can watch us uh, live on Facebook on the 21st that night. But better yet, I would suggest that you go get a ticket and go to the show yeah. because yeah. it's a yeah. great it's a show very, very and cool you're show. around hundreds of musicians, all genres. And um, Yeah, last year they did the... Um 
that Motown medley. You remember? Yes. And they had a, all different Detroit musicians so that good. came up and good. did just and, yeah. song after song. And That's it awesome. was, yeah, it was so cool. Yeah. It was, it was really, fun. Really it was cool. just packed. And, yeah. and there's just such a great vibe there, too. Yeah. Because well, you a lot do of music these... history in Detroit, too. Yeah. Oh, a lot of people absolutely. may not realize that. I mean, right. a lot of yeah. music starts in right. Detroit. You well, know? that's the other thing, too. It's not just an award show, but you have all the live performances mm-hmm. that they absolutely. that they have. So, and you don't have to be a musician to go. I mean, if you love music or you just love that energy, get or dressed up see and us. go. Yeah. yeah. Or you want to get interviewed? <laughs> Come on by. So, yeah, it was good. It, it was a lot of fun. Um, John Paul was just on cloud nine. Oh, I bet. Last night. Yeah. He actually even let me drive home. Did wow. he really? Yeah, wow. he did. Oh, wow. no way. That's, that you have to yeah. be high to let me drive home. He must have been out of it. <laughs> he was. Yeah, it was definitely in bed by the time you guys got home. So. Oh, yeah, we didn't get home until I think it was one in the morning oh, by the time I'm yeah. thinking right. <laughs> yeah, so it was a lot of fun. I would definitely go see Lucas Graham again and, oh, and cool. his tour is um, just a grueling tour. It's like every couple of days he's in another city. Wow. And um, they had the big buses out there. It was cool. cool. It was really neat. (laughs) That is cool. But anyway, um, yeah, so that was it. Um, This is a big week, too, you know. It's a Chinese New Year Saturday. Oh. Yeah. So I had an idea for you did like, well, the Chinese place by us closed down for the Chinese New Year. Yeah, they have like really good fortune cookies. I I know (laughs) they're not they're not all the same. Like not all fortune cookies are the same. Right. Right. Well, we have some for later. Yes. See, I love it. Okay. Okay. So fortune cookies. I was like, we had this idea, you know, some business guy. And I was was like, what if we did unfortunate cookies? (laughs) (laughs) You know Um, what I'm saying? I don't know that that's a good idea. But I mean, how funny that'd be like you open it and it's just like the bathroom is in your future. (laughs) That's the one you know I, I mean? Like, you see what I mean? That's like that's an unfortunate cookie. <laughs> you know, I think it'd be an awesome just, idea. Just like mix them yeah. in. And like... Actually, you know what? That would be a really good gag gift. I'm serious. <laughs> that would be really unfortunate funny. cookies. See, Brian, you're, you're yeah. right. we haven't even gotten to your segment yet. You're well, I saw starting. fortune cookies on the table. I love it. I think it's great. I think the I think the reason people get fortune cookies though is because they already know that the toilet's in their future. They want they want. They want the my, little brother, yeah. my little brother got one one time. He opened it and said, try the shrimp. <laughs> I'm dead serious. Oh, great marketing. For $8.99, right? Yeah. Yeah. Great marketing. Exactly. Oh, awesome. I'm on I to you, it. Chinese restaurant. Yeah. Uh, well, seriously, there are some really cool traditions, though, with um, with the Chinese New Year. And um, they do close down for like two or three days. And it's oh, yeah? um, like everything is closed. Yep. Everything. And uh, they're... They have a tradition where they give out red envelopes oh, with um, lucky money in Ooh. it, and they you're supposed to sleep with this under your pillow, and it's supposed to bring you happiness and prosperity. So I have, I have a red envelope. Oh man, it's red and gold, and it's from actually a Chinese store, and it has some lucky money. That's in how it. you know it's authentic. By the way, there you uh, thank go. You, Get one. So the other yeah. thing, um, so. With the Chinese New Year, you know, it started off as the time in between, like before the harvest. So it was yeah. like, you know, they prayed for prosperity for the harvest and all those things. So now that most of China is urban, right. like everyone goes back to their original city. So they have, so they were talking oh, about all the preparation. So now it's, awesome. um, you know, it's more now for the business year. So they, they've shifted it from farming, you know, to, to yeah. urban and business. And, um, but all of the people in the city, so they say over a hundred million Chinese people go back to their original wow. towns and cities. Really? Yeah, so they were talking about how the people in the original, in the article that I read, they were talking about how the people 
in the villages have to get ready. They clean their houses. They have all these yeah. people come back. You know, it's 100 million people right. that go wow. back to their wow. original towns, which I yeah. thought was just crazy. Like, you know, yeah. have that you many know, people going home. The highways <laughs> like, would be terrible. Yeah, it would be crazy. You know what else they got 50 lanes. Yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> that's true. I mean, that's why. A little more organized than LA. <laughs> that, that damn holiday, you know? And it goes, they, it goes in one day, out the next. Yeah, so, pretty so, much. So, so they do different traditions, but they don't, they don't do what we do like as far as there are no new year's resolutions or mm-hmm. stuff like that it's all about cleaning up and i guess they even get um haircuts and they try and pay off their mm-hmm. debt and everything that like, productive stuff yeah. yeah the beginning is supposed to be it's more action <laughs> yeah. oriented you know yeah. that's supposed to be a new beginning mm-hmm. with everything and i guess it lasts two weeks yeah i heard two to three yeah depending that's awesome and yeah. then at the very end they um release the uh the lanterns, lanterns. Yep. yeah which oh, you so know cool. i bought those lanterns a while ago just because I thought they were cool. I didn't realize that there was a significant. Yes, I think we should do it. We should do it. That is fun. Yeah. Don't disrespect the new year. You got to do it. No. (laughs) Not that we are aware. (laughs) I'm still recovering from the other new year. But but I like this one that we don't have to set um, unrealistic goals. Yeah, I like like action-based. Yeah, so happy uh, Chinese New Year. Thank you. So you said this grows under my pillow. No, I didn't say it. (laughs) Try it. (laughs) It's like a mutual fund. You just put it under your pillow. Like you, mutually. (laughs) Exactly, right? right. Well, you you try it, and if it grows, we're going to have you back on, Kathy, and we'll talk about that. It'll be a whole other show. She'll drive in in her Rolls Royce. Yeah, yeah, really. I want to trade now. (laughs) Anyway, but, um, so, yeah. Well, yes, that was very cool. Ready? Is it our favorite time? It is okay. our favorite time. Pretty soon we're going to have a new sound effect coming. Coming soon. Yep. I like the little church bell there, but I, think, <laughs> I really think we need to have a wailing electric guitar. I, can you make that happen? I can will you get just on pull that. Out the guitar can you right just pull out the yeah? Pull out the. Can, you get, go ahead. can you get Slash to show up? With his hat <laughs> yeah, there you that. go. There you go. We'd just for, it, just you know. for what's the wish? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it is what's the wish, what's the way, and what's in the way. And this segment is designed to showcase the stories of talented and gutsy individuals who had a wish and found a way to make it happen. They set goals, overcame obstacles, and turned setbacks into comebacks. Their stories are unique, interesting, and most of all, inspiring. Young, ambitious, and persistent are just some of the many words I could use to describe our next guest. Not only is he a fitness guru, but he is also a marketing expert. Coming from humble beginnings, he is fast on his way to owning his own empire, helping people accomplish their goals. I met Brian Calicay Jr. a few years ago, and he started me on a journey that has transformed me, and I am not the only one. Welcome to the show. Brian. Thank you. And his Thank lovely you. wife, Kristen. Yay. She's the real boss. She is the boss. She's the real boss. You know, when they sit quiet like that, you know. You know. Oh, you yeah. know that they're well, running the, the show. Yeah. You know what one of my favorite quotes is, is from My Big Fat Greek Wedding? When she sits and said, He's the house, or he's the head of the house, but I'm the neck, and I turn the head any way I want. Yes. <laughs> so true. Literally. Oh, Not well, even making it up. Welcome back, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, God, it's so good to have you guys. Um, so the last time that you were both here, um, we focused on the fitness business yes. um, because you, you have two Two Going of them on now, soon to be three, possibly in Yay. May. So, yeah. Wow, congratulations! Yeah. Fantastic, and um, I joined your gym. Yes, yeah. word on the streets yes. is you actually we, came in. Yeah, we I did a, come in. Take a step back though. So <laughs> they've been on the show. So we were somewhere else before we were here. So we had them on once yep. in yeah. for a year, mm-hmm. every day. 
You coming to the gym with me today, Mom? You coming to the gym with me? I'm coming. I'm coming. <laughs> Finally now, she has taken the leap of faith. I did. And, and has I come. Did. And you're doing really yeah. good. I lost 10 pounds. Wow. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Right. I, I've lost 10 pounds. I'm not done. Um, but I just have to tell you, uh, and I'm not here to plug your place, but this is not from... not stop you. S- no, but, <laughs> no, no. But I'm, I'm just saying it's not like I'm doing an ad here for you. This is... I really was intimidated by sure. going to a gym. I just did not want to go. And um, I hadn't been in a gym for 30-some years. And so when I finally did go, uh, now when I don't go, I hear your voice. That's good. <laughs> and That's I good. feel guilty. It's the iPod we sneak into yeah. your ears. Is that what it is? And Rocky then, uh, helps me out with that. No, <laughs> seriously. I, I, it's everything you said last time. And so... Uh, and I love it. I absolutely, I love the energy there. I love the vibe. Um, and yeah, I've lost 10 pounds. I still have a ways to go, but awesome. um, I'm excited about it. Got the wheels turning. Awesome. Yeah. It's all oh, yeah. So really, th- this time, you know, I was thinking about your businesses and, and where you came from and, you know, your beginnings and the stories that you shared with us last time. And then just going to the gym and, and being around people that, you know, push you to be discipline and, and to hit your goals. And I started thinking to myself, okay, so that's how he did it with his business goals. I mean, if you can do it with the fitness goals, it, it, they're, they're similar concepts. Goals are goals. Right. Goals yeah. are goals, right? Yeah, it doesn't matter what area of life, fitness, relationships, finances, business, it's all the same, so, the same process. So take us back because the whole point of the segment is, you know, there are people that are listening who maybe don't know what their purpose is and sure. don't know how to find it or there are people that do know what their purpose is but they don't know how to take that leap of faith and get out of that comfort safety net sure. and and pursue what it is that they want to do. So take us back to how you started because I know you tried many different things before you found Yeah, I was the jack of all trades, master of none. Well, I was I was good at many, but I never really was the best at at one. And, and yeah, there's some there's some novelty to that in a way because it makes you very indispensable. You know, you're you can do many things that saves you money, especially in business aspect, but eventually you realize that people who are the most successful are the best in one thing. Like I can do many, but they're the best in one. So that's when I kind of had to step back and you know it was one of those things where she actually my wife Kristen actually uh, had the come to Jesus moment with me if you will (laughs) and she was just usually do that yeah and I was just sitting at the table and you know I'm a part of a few different masterminds for different things which is you know we get together with really the top dogs in the field and we kind of exchange notes on what's working what's not and what we're doing to get to the next step and uh, I'm a part of a few and they're all kind of for different areas and I'm like I just don't know what to do, Chris. And I was like, I'm, I'm just, I'm overwhelmed. You know, I was like, we have this running really well. We can do this really well. I'm having fun doing all of it. But I know at the end of the day, I can only focus on one thing. We call it shiny object syndrome. Every entrepreneur is blessed oh, yeah. when they're born to have shiny object right. syndrome, right? And it's, you got to control it. Uh, and the way you control it is, yes, you have to find that passion, uh, find the one thing you want to do. But it's a hard thing to find. And you kind of get sick of hearing about it because every event you go to, they're like, you know, make a business with your passion. Follow right. your passion. It's like, right. I hear passion one more time. You know what I'm saying? Because right. it's just, it's becoming such a cliche almost right. in the business world, you know? And right. and if you're maybe a newcomer thinking about going out and starting your own, you know, be- becoming your own singing, recording artist or starting mm-hmm. your own small business or service business or whatever, you know, maybe that is something you need to pay attention to. But I, I think I speak for anybody who's tried to do something at some point, you really get sick of hearing the word passion. You're like, right. what does that even mean? You know right. what I mean? Like, and really, 
What does think, it mean? I think the litmus test for me, and it's going to be different from everybody, but the litmus test for me was if you were to do one thing, this is what literally, she's like Confucius over here. <laughs> she's, like, she's literally, she's like, if you were to do one thing and we never had to worry about money, let's say we had a million dollars right now, which you need more than that now after taxes, but you know, let's say, <laughs> it's about 20 bucks after taxes, but it's like, yeah. you know, okay, you make a billion dollars a year, money is no longer an issue. What would you do with your time? She's so like, what would you do? Really, you what know? is your interest? Yes. It's what what's the one interest that you would wake up at 3 a.m. every day to start if you right. had that option, right? Like, if you had right. to get up at 3 a.m. every single day to do it, what would that be? And you would never be dragging yourself out of bed. You right. always jump up out of bed excited to do it, right? Right. So it was like the, I, I think that was like the best question. If money was not the issue, what would you do the rest of your life? Right. And I think like, and, and some people, oh, I'd sit on the beach. Yeah, but you know, and I know no. that would get really old after right. a period of time. Mm, right. So it's like when the when the mystere has worn off of you know not having to worry about money, what would you be doing right. to put purpose into your life? Right. Exactly. And uh, and and that's you know the question I asked, and that's the one I thought about, and that's kind of what led us going moving in the direction we are. But I guess to anybody, that's the question I would ask. Well, let me ask you this: So when you started out, I mean, yeah. because you didn't start out with money, no, um, <laughs> quite the opposite, right? But were you so you didn't know what you were looking for no. then? No. I was a little kid who had too many hobbies. I mean, like, I grew up, I did magic. I was a walk-around magician at, mm-hmm. like, age 14. So I was, like, I was doing magic tricks. I did martial arts, you know, world martial art competitor, uh, national sponsored teams. I did uh, special effects makeup. I had an internship in Los Angeles, worked on some movies there, got my name in movie credits. Like, I did movies. I did stunt training. I did martial arts competitions. I did magic. I did. I like lived a full life by the time I hit like 21. I tried every single thing I wanted to do. And by the time I was like 21, 22, I was like, okay, what one thing am I going to get serious about? You know, and I recommend everybody, I mean, especially if you have any younger listeners or if people listening have kids, you know, put them in as many experiences as possible and, mm. and just experiment. You know, I moved to LA when I was 19 to see if I wanted to go down the special effects stunt training world, you know, and, and I loved it. It was great. Oh my gosh. The stories I had from doing all that stuff is ridiculous. But at the end of the day, I had to have a job to pay my bills, and I got a job working at a martial arts studio as a program director part-time, and that's when I got to peek into the world of, like, like corporate systems and business efficiency and, like, the power of infrastructure and stuff like that. And there was just mm-hmm. something about the organization and the efficiency I was just really attracted to, and uh, and I really enjoyed it. So then when I ended up moving home because I ran out of money, uh, <laughs> surprise, when rent's, like, $1,200 a month for an 800-square-foot apartment, right? Yeah. But – um. When we moved home, it just that kind of mentally put me on that path to doing what I do now, starting my own companies and whatnot. But I wouldn't have known if I wouldn't have jumped out and taken the risk and done the experience that put me on a different path to get me to where I am. Right. So, so you it, at that, I mean, you were young yeah. um, you, and you weren't thinking to yourself, well, I, I'll just go get a job with a big company and move up and do it that way. I, there's something about that that gave me anxiety. OK. Like, I don't know what it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's I mean, I had some good bosses growing up. It's not like I had a ton of crappy bosses or I felt my way was the right way because we just know that's never true with anything. But um, it was just one of those things where. I don't know. There was I love the suit and tie and the classiness of it, but it's yeah. like I can wear a suit and tie going to any of my businesses now if I wanted to, right? So it, that's really the only thing that really attracted me to it. I, I guess I looked at people who had those jobs and they were living for the weekend mm-hmm. and they were living for their next vacation and they were paycheck to paycheck even if they were making good money. Mm-hmm. Good money, right? Because yeah. everyone has their own definition of that. Right. But 
it's like I, I guess I just I wanted to feel like I what we were doing was impacting the people and not impacting the man in charge. Does that make sense? Like oh, I feel like a lot of people yeah. I feel like a lot of people were like, You work for your CEO. And now granted, if your CEO is a badass and he's <laughs> awesome and he's helping a ton of people, yeah. you're not working for the people, right? Right. But not the case and the like nine times out of ten, it's just not the case. You're yeah. working for the big cats, right? So I was like, I want whatever I'm doing to deliver value to the people, the people right. who need the help. And uh so I just wanted my time to be more beneficial to the end user, so to speak, instead of the establishment that I would be employed by. So it was the whole fear of the nine to five living for the weekend and the Mm -hmm. fear of, you know, what am I actually is what I'm doing actually benefiting people? Or am I just a number in a machine that's moving around? You know what I mean? Right. I just wanted to have a little more purpose than that. Right. Um, So that's kind of what led me to the, you know, I'm just going to try my own thing, which was scary as hell in the beginning. But in the end, I can't think of doing it any other way now. So well, and so when you, did, you made up your mind to try your own thing, how did you, how did you go about doing it? Uh, I'm trying to think. What was my first? What was my first? Like, it was a martial you, arts school. Martial, was actually yeah, my first. Yeah, martial arts school, uh, which <laughs> didn't end up going well. Um, it, it went well until the end, and we'll explain in a second. But um, it was kind of fell in my lap. I was teaching martial arts at a school at a studio, and this was before I moved to Los Angeles. Um, and I worked for some people, and I really loved the people I was working for. Well, then they sold the martial arts school to somebody else. I had no idea what the hell he was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a doctor, and doctors don't necessarily know a thing about business. So don't ever let money th- just because someone makes money yeah. doesn't mean they understand business. Just <laughs> anyone listening to this, don't ever fall into that trap. Don't partner. With with someone just because they have money. If that's the case, have them be an angel investor. Yeah, Never, ever right. have two cooks in the kitchen that don't get it. Okay. <laughs> right. uh, but anyways, so I part, you know, these people took over. I didn't like the way things were going. And uh, long story short, a lot of people were getting upset and coming to me and uh, a family approached me and were like, Hey, we want, we'll front, you know, up to 10 grand for you to start martial arts studio anywhere you know we're like we're tired of so-and-so we're tired of the changes he's making uh can we you know can we get this back to what it used to be right so i said sure so i got all excited and we opened our first martial arts studio and i was doing everything as most solopreneurs first experience Mm -hmm. is your mop of floors answer phones closing people teaching sessions uh you know paying bills doing everything in between uh they helped out a little bit on the administrative end you know running with the business side and stuff Mm -hmm. like that because i didn't know too much at that point in my life i just I knew people, right? I had right. people skills. So we did that for a couple years and it was going pretty good. And then I decided to move to Los Angeles and try some stuff because it was that time of my life where I'm like, I better go now or else yeah. it's never going to happen. And uh, when I did that, I told I gave them a good six months notice so that way we'd have people in place to take over when I left. Uh, they acted like it was cool. And then the day before I left for California, they served me papers. They were suing me for $8,600. Oh I was 19 mm-hmm. years old. These were 45-year-old people. Wow. Yeah, oh suing God. a kid. Wow. For following oh, a dream to Los Angeles. Wow. So really special kind of ignorant right there. So, wow. um, yeah, so they served me papers before I left for California thinking I wouldn't come back. So, yeah, I was sued at 19 years old. Oh, my and gosh. the funny part is I was sued because they actually took a document I signed for something else and stapled it to a pack of papers, which looked really bizarre when the only signature on the bottom of the papers was those last two pages that I signed for something else. And even the judge was like, why didn't he sign the bottom of these other ones? <laughs> yeah. Oh it looked gosh. really bad. But long story short, they ended up paying my attorney like $3,000 in fees, which she loved. Wow. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, but 
those crappy like situations right. like that, like mm-hmm. they make you so tough and they like put you so far ahead in the game compared right. to everybody else who's never had to go through that type of resistance, right? So, right. Uh, so that was kind of my first entry. It was a total nightmare <laughs> at the end. <laughs> uh, but, you know, we get through it. It makes us who we are and it gives us the springboard we need to move forward. But it definitely didn't hold you back, did no, it? Oh, no. It was probably one of the scariest moments of my life at 19 years old. It's not yeah. fun. But at the same time, I was like, once you get past that, well, heck, we can make it through yeah. anything now. So right. It's like, <laughs> right. It's like swinging with two bats and going down to one. You're like, it's yeah. one. It's so much easier. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, it's definitely a learning experience. So, so then you came back. Yeah. You went to LA, came back. Yep. And then came back, uh, kind of hit a rock bottom. And uh, I ended up going back to teaching karate, which was miserable at the time because I really didn't want to do it anymore. I felt like an underpaid babysitter, which is miserable. Mm-hmm. And um, I ended up working part time at a sign shop because I knew graphic design stuff, again, jack of all trades. So I had a part-time job, so I would wake up, I'd work from 8 a.m. until 3 p.m. at a sign shop, and then 4 p.m. to 9 p.m. at the martial arts studio every single day of the week, right? Wow. So, and I was, yeah, I was about 20-ish, 20, yeah, I was 20 when I came home. So, um, and I did that for a few years, then got sick of it, ended up going to a gym. Uh, I loved working out because obviously I did martial arts, they kind of go hand in hand. Yep. And uh, I ended up teaching a kickboxing class, and then that led to me getting personal training certified, and then went down that whole rabbit hole of fitness, which bumped me into my first coach coach in the business world, who opened my eyes to everything I'm doing now, all the new connections, all the new peoples, all the new mindset, everything. Uh, it was just that one coach that really changed it all for me in oh, terms really? of that. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 Okay. You just got to get the right information in front of you, right? You got to get right. the right strategy. Right. So, yeah. So that's really, I mean, condensed, you know, all the, the rubbish. Mm-hmm. That's really what it came down to. I fell into something which fell into something else, and then I ended up liking it. And then I randomly clicked on a Facebook ad one day that got me introduced to this coach, and I paid him tons of money, and he helped me become super successful, as some would say. I, I don't define myself successful yet. but What is your definition of success? My definition of success is I want – depends. I have a few. I have uh, one for every area. So my fitness, I want to help uh, Michigan lose 100,000 pounds of fat before 2025. So we've done that. I will say we have been successful. We're at wow. 15, 16 thousand right now so okay we're getting up there slowly but we're getting there that's why we got open more facilities uh and then business to business wise my coaching i want to help ten thousand businesses ten thousand business owners step back from their companies and let their companies work for them not the other way around so let's talk about that part sure. of your business um what what's the name of that Division. That division of the empire, that's Systems Underground. So that's my infrastructure infrastructure consulting, right? We take people and we help them slowly phase out of a company so they can scale it. Because if you're the one doing everything, you can't scale it. It's the same thing even if you're not a business owner. Like if if you're a mom, if you're a father, if you're anything – you realize you can't do everything yourself, right? But yet people try to all the time and they wonder why they're stressed and things aren't getting done right and then they get frustrated. It's lack of efficiency, lack of systems and and things, infrastructure, right? You need infrastructure to make things happen the right way. So I've been obsessed with that ever since LA, you know, when I learned about it in LA Mm -hmm. and that's really what controls every single one of my companies right now is that infrastructure. So, and when people start finding out about that, they start asking me and they're like, how in the hell are you able to step away from, you know, it's like, it was very intriguing, right? That Mm -hmm. we can step away and the quality still stays high and it's not perfect, you know, there's some hiccups and stuff that you got to come in and fix once in a while, but right. it gives you the freedom to grow your company and grow personally uh, as opposed to having to put out every mini fire that starts up. Because in a you're focused so, on the yes, other part of the business. You're focused on the you're big not, picture right, stuff, you know, and right. you employ the people 
to hide, you know, to take care of the specific little things that right. need to, they're, they're, the operating. Yes, the operational things that need to happen for people to be happy. But when mm-hmm. you're the one doing that, it's very hard for you to see the big vision of where right. you're going and how you're going to impact people. Right. right. So it, it's actually essential for growth that you have that stuff. In, in so place. did you start that with your own yes. um, gyms and then it worked and you said, yep. OK, I'm going to now uh, yep. start this and. Start working with other people around the country, right? Because yeah. you travel all over. Yeah, we travel yeah. everywhere. As a consultant um, mm-hmm. and a speaker. speaker yep. Okay, so explain that. So how do you go about doing that and who do you work with? Well, we, we're we in the fitness industry primarily and in how we started, right? Uh, I also did online info marketing. We sold fitness products online and, and business-to-business fitness products online for gym owners and sold, I think, over just north of 260000 in like the past couple of years. So the online stuff did really well. That's what gave me a paycheck when I started my gym because the gym wasn't giving me money in the beginning, right? So I had to do something, and that's when I found the online stuff to do that. So uh, I had to find a way to balance my online and offline at the same time. And then I fell in, again, to the right mentors and right forms of information, and they talked about these systems things. I was like, what the heck is a system? And it's just procedures, scripts, and processes that people need to follow to ensure things are getting done properly, right? And uh, I was really intrigued by this idea. I was like, this will give me the freedom I need to focus on this and make sure this is growing. And it was just a nightmare the first year of trying to figure it out. I thought I had to figure it out, and then it just backed fired and then you know there's a lot of failure for the first two years and then finally got it working uh finally came up with a system that i could duplicate over and over and over again uh no matter the business and it would essentially work so word got out you know because a few of my fitness friends asked hey i remember you said you were working on some system stuff can i take a peek at that i'm like sure because we share you know i mean we're we're not Mm -hmm. scarce-minded people and and we'd share them and they're like you should sell this stuff, man. Like, that's a lot of work that you just put into that. I'm like, well, I mean, I'm just helping you guys out. You know, I didn't really think it was anything there. I just did it because I need to run my business. But then eventually more and more people started asking for the advice on how do I automate this? How do we get this done? How do we systemize this so these people get this done? So finally, I was just like, you know, I might as well just do a consulting agency. I love doing it anyway. Mm -hmm. I love working on the big picture stuff. and, And you can see when you do it right in front of somebody like, whoa, is that going to save me time? <laughs> like that's going to save me so much time and grow so much faster. I've been working way too hard on the wrong things, yeah. right? So it's just, I like giving people those aha moments that get them thinking differently. And right. ask her, I run my life the same way. I'm really? always trying to find ways to be, I'm like, Kristen, on Wednesdays, we run errands. You know what I mean? I'm and like, you we go are to not, the nooner show. You go to the nooner <laughs> you show. Listen to the nooner this show. Counts right? the errands, right? <laughs> but really, like Wednesdays are a day. Like Wednesday nights, we run our errands, right? Because if not, you get caught running an errand every freaking day, and right. the opportunity cost is wasted on so many other things. So I'm really obsessed with efficiency, is what I am. Whether it's in <laughs> yeah. life or in business, I want optimal efficiency. So we're living a life of meaning, and we're living a life that makes us happy and not so like, on your day to day plan you 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 take it every day you do and i I mean you just said opportunity cost (laughs) yes and running your errands i'd love to see your to-do list actually i have a bigger not to-do list than i have a to-do list really that's a huge piece of advice that anybody listening to this could take away like you you need to find the pitfalls that like suck your time away from you and they don't make you happy and write down those things and those are your not to do. So if you ever think you need to do something, you look at your not to do list and go, no, that falls into this. I can't do that. Because I guarantee by it not getting done, you're still going to be fine. The are sun's the, are still those rise. part of the unfortunate fortune cookies? Unfortunate cookies. <laughs> All of my not to do lists are in unfortunate yeah. cookies. <laughs> Stay away from Facebook today. <laughs> but really, I mean, it's the not to do list is super important yeah. and my to do list is more or less my priority. List, right, so we all start with the do list, and then I weed out what 
what are the things I don't want to do in terms of like they're not on my to-do list, but they're the things I'm kind of putting off because I'm not really looking forward to doing them. Those are the things I do first because those are nine right. times out of ten the things are going to move you the furthest, the fastest, right? So you make your list. You prune out what I do my big three every day. So I prune out my big three and I'm like, okay, these are the big three I have to get done today, right? And if some of them are really big, I'll maybe chunk them into smallers. But my big three tar- – I call it my triple target technique. So what are my three targets for the day that I need to hit? And I devote at least 30 minutes to each thing to get it done. So 90 minutes a day. Which really isn't a ton of time when you really wow. think about it. So, wow. I can't I even more imagine your house. <laughs> I know. I, I'm going to organize these papers here in front of me. Um, well, that's really interesting. So, are there businesses that you don't work with or? Um, retail usually just because I'm not, I'm not experienced in terms of that. Mm -hmm. I mean, a lot of what we do online with systems underground is online based companies, people who sell digital products, what we call the digitalpreneurs, right? The people who are starting up and have information they want to sell or a service they want to sell or things along those lines. When it gets into retail, like physical products and stuff like that, I really kind of step out. I know the concepts of it. I haven't done it and I won't teach anything I haven't done. Uh, I just think that's fair to the people who are paying us for (laughs) consulting, right? We're only going to done, do teach them what we've done and Mm -hmm. prove works. Uh, so we do a lot of service-based businesses, primarily digital products, download information, stuff like that, because that's pretty much all the same game, just different wrappers and different sales copies. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, that's primarily the people we work with. A lot of people getting started, but then they get started and don't know where to go once they have things created. They're like I have this thing and I don't know what to do with it. Right. Those are usually the people we end up helping because those are usually mm-hmm. the people who need the help and they don't know where to go. What What about like musicians or, or something? We like would that? love to work with musicians. Although it's like this, I don't understand a ton of like the hierarchy of the music world, but the one thing we do understand is marketing, in my opinion, which is attention. We're really good at knowing what it, like. All we do is we're really good at understanding people's customers and what they want and what drives them emotionally, right? Like if you can understand that, mm-hmm. you can you can command their attention because we don't need more information, right? Like really, we're in a battle for information every day. It's it, it's there's information everywhere on Google. You never have to pay for an info product the rest of your life and just find the answers on Google if you really want right. to. Okay, but the thing is, is it, we we're in a we're in a battle of attention right now because especially on phones and everything else, there's so many pop-ups and things changing. It's a constant battle for attention. Somebody could be looking at, you know, Rocky's video, your new music video. I'm like, oh, awesome. And then they get a notification for Facebook and then they pop over to Facebook and never finish watching her video. You know, it's a constant battle of attention. So the key is, is it's becoming a, big merger of like direct response and branding, right? You have to be able to direct response to build the list of followers so you can you can give them what they want and take care of them, but you need that brand built up where it establishes authority, love, and relationship connection with people. So, so that you gain the followers, yes, right? Yes, right. And, right. and so, you know, that's what we handle with a lot. One of the masterminds I go to is a lot of marketing, especially digitally and stuff, because the new the new TV is the phone. I mean, people don't watch TV, right. they DVR stuff, so they don't have to watch commercials anymore. So it's like the new TV is really the phone. So the question is, how can we get our clients, our customers, get them in front of their customers and clients at the right time in the right place, right? And that's universal. We could do it for someone in the music industry. We do it forever because it's just the laws of getting attention and keeping it, right? Right. Uh, But in terms of like the hierarchy of who gets paid or whatever, that industry scares me (laughs) because I'm like, so, and I talked to Rocky about the other day. It's like, so when do you get paid? (laughs) You know what I mean? Because that's what I'm saying. I'm like, so you're the the talent. I was like, you're the talent. You're bringing everything to the table, but you're the last 
uh, that always baffle me. So I'm sure we could rewrite the rules on that somehow <laughs> and find a way because I love – I'm the why not guy. You tell us it's not possible. You go, okay, yeah, buckle up and welcome to the show. <laughs> you know I mean? like, yeah, yeah, I was like, we'll, we'll, we'll find a way. Don't ever tell me something's not possible. <laughs> right. But no, I would love to. I think it would be a blast. I oh, think I would, uh, I would love I think it. The, I think it's super fun you know, doing things like that and driving things in Why the Why don't you and, use her as your um, test market yeah. because she's not good with right. right. I'll tell you what. So she's terrible. Bad. You, let, so you bad. let her – you get the blessing from her label and I'll do it. Oh, well, I bet yeah, they would be. The they would. They're, they're they trying to get her on social media, and uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a oh, little they're... bit of a battle for you. We'll sit down over coffee three hours, and we will lay out a domination plan that'll put her on a show. All right, let's do Ooh. it. <laughs> that would be interesting, yeah. boy. I'll tell you what: if you were able to do something like that, you could open up a whole. That'd be a whole nother division whole nother, for you. Yeah. That'd be another company. I had to find I know, somebody I know. to run for me. <laughs> there we go, Kathy. Yeah, we'll systemize it and then have someone else run it. That's what Kathy's we're... like, I'm in. <laughs> wow. Uh, well, you, you talked a little bit about failure, too. And oh, yeah. obviously, that's one of the reasons why people don't take the leap of faith. They sure. stay in their Scary. comfort, their their safety zone, even if when they're really, really good at something or they find what they're really good at. Um, what's your opinion of failure? I think it defines you more than your successes ever will. Right. I, I think you, you failure causes you to grow, um, but none of us are ever going to subconsciously love failure. So as much as people say, learn to love failure, it's not going to happen. Right. We do things trying not to fail. We do things trying to right. get it perfect, right? But you have to be accepting of failure. Like don't love it, but be accepting of it. I, I think that was the biggest thing for me um, because it's going to happen. I mean it's inevitable, but we don't right. plan for it. But when it does, you really have to train your brain to – I give everyone 20 minutes to freak out. Like you freak out for 20 minutes. <laughs> After 20 minutes, you got to collect it and get it together and get out of your pity party and figure out what you're going to do going forward. Because a pity party is a lonely party of one and no one wants to be a part of it. All right. right. You can feel bad for yourself for 20 minutes because it's human nature. I'm not saying don't be a human. Okay. It, actually, 20 minutes so, is a, a long time. Really. 20 minutes to cool allow off, somebody to be off, yeah. yell, punch something, you know, whatever you got to do, get it out. Um, but after that, you really got to get it together and say, what am I missing? What am I supposed to learn from this? Right. It's like, if right. you pray for patience, you don't just get patience. You get put in front of people who make you have patience, right? <laughs> it's it's right. just the way it is. You know, it's like, if you want to be successful at something, you're going to be put in a situation that's very hard. And by the time you fail your way through it, cause that's really what's going to happen. Right. You become stronger for it. Right. It's, you know, we had to make a really tough decision. One of our businesses, let one of our key employees go, which really sucked because we were really good friends, which is really hard to do. Um, but it just wasn't working and the immediate, there was no immediate gratification, right? Like it's right. going to hurt us. I know we're going to lose some people over it, not a ton, but we're going to lose some people over it who just don't get it because they're of that, you know, mentality yeah. where they've made up their mind and that's that. Right. And, uh, but you know, any other gym owner, any other business owner would have been like, Oh my God, I can't let that person that. It's just going to be a catastrophe. That's going right. to be, that was one of those moments where, okay, we did it. And then we step back we're like, okay, we know this is going to happen. It's going to be bad. We also know by the end of this, this is what we're doing to make everything better to move forward, right? right. So in a way, it was, a, it was actually making our own failure on purpose right. to then get the experience from it so we could get to the next step. Sometimes right. you have to literally take a punch in the gut intentionally and take a immediate not gratification right. to push through that to get to that promised land. You'll find a lot of those promised lands are – 
separate what's separating you and those promise lines nine times out of ten are a lot of those tough decisions you don't want to do right. because you're too afraid of the risk. But right. what you have to do is you have to see beyond that risk and say, yes, this is going to be bad. Yes, these things are going to suck. It's going to hurt emotionally. It's going to drain you. You're not going to sleep for three days. You're you know people are going to be throwing hate mail at you every day for the next two weeks. But by the time the dust is settled and the people who want to be with you are still with you. Everything's so much better. Right. Everybody's happier. The experience is better. Right. The people who did stay are like on cloud nine. They're like, I don't know what happened, but we are all way happier. <laughs> Our results yeah. are better. Everything is amazing. Um, it, it's just you have to get through that crap. And it's not a fun decision to make stuff like that. You know, right. like no one wins immediately. Right. But I think it'll be end up. It's going to be better for that person. It's going to be better for us in the end. And that's the way you really it usually look is. It. So um, it's just tough getting through it in the beginning. You right. know what I mean? Because everybody needs a bad guy. And when you're the owner, you're always the bad guy. You oh, know? yeah. So, but I tell myself, I'm like, Mother Teresa has hate sites, so I'm, <laughs> I'm not safe. You know what I mean? So, does she really? Uh, she yeah. does. It's so sad. But, That's like, terrible. you know, one of, one, of, one of my mentors, Frank Kern, says he's like, you know, he's like, you're going to have haters no matter what. Mother Teresa has hate sites. He's like, as long as you're doing what you believe to be right, you're taking care of your people, you're super cool about it, and you know whatever's being said isn't true, then you really have nothing to worry about. You know, right. the, ultimate yeah. reven- the ultimate revenge is your success, right? right? So you just have to push through it and really take care of the people who are with you still and over-deliver to them and, and calm them down because people hate change. Right. Uh, I think that's the biggest thing that holds people back is they just, they're afraid of what lies on the other side. Right. right? What's um, that? The, the unknown. The unknown. The and unknown. Like, all life is is unknown. Right. I don't know why it people is. are so afraid of it. It's it really the only is. constant in life is unknown and change. <laughs> You're right. Why do we fight it so much? You know why? That's a good question. You're we right. love it. Like it's because when we change, we're changing on our. We're changing it on purpose, and we're doing it because we know there's something better. But right? see that that I think that's the difference between your mindset than sure. somebody else who does not have that entrepreneurial spirit. Sure, and that is yes. that. Y- you look at it as opportunity. Change sure. is opportunity that for is. you. That is. It or, has to be. Because yeah. if not, it's depressing. Well, and a lot of people fall victim to what we call the like the victim lens, right? They're like, life is out to get me. Right. Oh, my boss fired me. Oh, he's so terrible. Life's so terrible. And it's like, well, what did you do to cause that to happen? Do you ha- right. People have more control than they realize once they take exactly. responsibility. Mm-hmm. And then the minute they get out of the victim lens and stop making things about them and start making it about the people around you and like your bigger picture of what should be happening. It's not, you get through it so much faster and you get out of that victim lens. You really, if you're listening and you're in that victim lens right now, like just stop, no one's going to win and you're never going to be anyone better. If you don't start taking responsibility for failure, even things that aren't your fault, take responsibility. Right. Cause then you can change them. Right. You know what I mean? When you, when you place blame to something else, you're relying on something else to change. Right. Right. And that's just not going to happen. Now is, is this part of the consulting that you do? first time we sit down is usually like where are they at mentally so yes right. a lot of it is what I, because they're like my company's struggling you always go to the leadership first and go okay right. why you know if somebody hired me to come in and save like a like a let's say a fortune 500 company i go in and fire their board of directors mm-hmm. i really would i'd fire everyone first and i put new people in because the bad leadership is bad everything if you're ahead of a right. household and your family's out of control and your kids are rambunctious it's bad leadership mm-hmm. i mean it's just unfortunately it's the mm-hmm. way it is right mm-hmm. but you take responsibility for it you can fix it, right. right? So I always tell people, you know, you got to get your head right first because we are our own worst enemy. Uh, those those limits that we have mentally, oh, I don't know, that's scary. I don't know if I want to open another location. Right. That really scares me. That's really scary. Then you should probably do it. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Like, really. Exactly. Like, Jackie and I were seriously. talking today. I have to talk about oh, right. not, not knowing where to go in life. <laughs> On my car during Christmas time, I have these stickers and I yep. put my back window. It says, wish big, you know. Sure. You, you wish big, 
but on my refrigerator, it's <laughs> at home. <laughs> it says lower expectations. Lower expectations. So I'm like, yeah, you're really screwed up. Yeah. <laughs> she, she was telling me this today so while we were driving like, down. It's a balance. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like in my car, looking in my rearview mirror, going, "Yeah, you can do this. You know, you can do this, Chicky." And I'm thinking at home, going. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you yeah. know, I think I think a lot of people have that debate, though. I think a lot of people start off with the good intentions. Mine's they in wish my big. car, but that's good. You probably see your car more than you probably. But see But my here. bags aren't. It's like when I get home and I see this sign going lower expectation. I'm like, which one? Uh, which one? Like, which road do I? Take? There is some novelty in having what I call normal expectations because it doesn't put the pressure on. Per- per- for perfection, it puts the pressure on just to get it done. Yeah. And I do think there's some novelty in that. I think, you know, dream big, mm-hmm. but in terms of like action steps, like set not so perfect action steps so you at least get things done. Sometimes the fear of looking at something and it looks like it's, man, this has got to be perfect. It's got to be done right. And then your brain starts overcomplicating it and That's... it works it and it makes it so scary to tackle, right? Mm-hmm. For fitness, <laughs> so many people, for fitness is not something you just walk into the gym and do. It's right. like, well, I got to. I got to Google search the gyms around me and then I got to look at the pictures and see which ones look good. But then I have to actually show up because, you know, they put the good pictures on there, not the pictures that are actually on there. And then I have to go <laughs> in people. and then I got to talk to people and see if there's mean people in the gym. And I got to yeah. see how it makes me feel. And then I got to see how much money they're going to try to take from me. It's like this full thing. And they overcomplicate this right. process right. of just doing something in, in their head. It's so hard and complicated. Mm-hmm. They're just not going to do it. Right. You know, don't and overcomplicate it, stuff, right. you know. And so there is some and novelty into that. That's you know me. I mean? I'm wishing big you know I'm, yeah. I'm wanting big things to happen but yeah. know that if i don't get off my ass it ain't gonna it's happen usually right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well and, and isn't that the case with most people is yeah. it's the stories that we put in stories you know that the, and, stu- yeah. the battle that's going on in your head yeah, i'm exactly too like i'm too dumb i'm not rich enough yeah. i'm not connected enough yeah, right. life's just tough on me right. what works for them but not right. for me because right. of this all those stories right there are the reason you're not where you want to be exactly and i can give you all of them Everybody can. I could probably tell you all of yours because I think everybody probably has about the same for the most part. Well, let me ask you this. So when you meet with a business owner, um, are there business owners that you won't work with after you do it? (laughs) Yes. Yeah. There are some. The only people I don't work with are the people that think they need to do everything by themselves. Yeah. They are bound and determined to do it all by themselves. I'm like, I cannot help you. Mm -hmm. You can't scale. You just can't scale. And you're doing society a disservice Mm -hmm. by being a business owner, not bringing people in to help. You know, well, people need jobs. You right. need good people in your life. It's a synergistic thing. You bring in good people. They help you. You help them. It's a good relationship to have, and it benefits society, right? So if you just try to do it all by yourself, you're going to be fine in the beginning until you have no vacations. You're working 80 hours a week for a 20-hour-a-week paycheck. You know what I mean? And no one wants to do that. But all successful so, people, when you when you read their stories, mm-hmm. have all had circles of other people Absolutely. who have helped them, networks. I mean, nobody does it on their own. You can't. You we can't. call it, you know, the factor of five, right? I mean, you are the some of the top five people you hang out with. So if you employ really good people, they make you better. You make right. them better, right? It's the right. same thing with who you hang out with as friends. I mean, we've all heard the rule. You hang out with five broke friends, you you're, become broke. Right. You become five lazy friends, you're all going to be lazy, right? right? right. And, and there's people that I tell people, like, you're the CEO of your life. Right. Like, fire people who are a bad fit for your company. Exactly. You know, and, and I don't think people realize this, but they're like, well, I can't let go of my friend. You can if they're not, like, there's three types of people that will just mess your life up. And I'm going to tell you right now, people listening, think about these people as I'm saying it. 
it and think of the people who fall into these categories and really have a serious conversation with them if you want things to change, right? So the first person, we call the crabs. So if you watch like a bucket of crabs and the crab comes to the top of the bucket, you get one crab that gets a good idea. I'm going to go to the top. What do the rest of the crabs do? They pull them right back down to the bottom of the bucket, right? My, my, my mentor, Bedros, taught me this, right? And, and he's right. There are people who do not want to see you become successful because if right. you're successful, you're going to leave them. Mm-hmm. You're, they have nothing to talk about it's with fear. you now. You, it's fear. it's fear. Right. Because it's easier to be cynical than it is to change their own lives. Right. right. So crabs are the first people, right? The second types of people we call battery drainers, the people who take way too much energy to keep happy. And those are the people that literally take all of your time, all of your effort, and at the end of the day, you're just like, dude, I don't know what it is, but we just can't make you happy. Like whatever we do, I turn around and you're just upset about something, right? Those are the battery drainers, too much energy. Get rid of those people. The last one is what we call the time vampires. They take way too much of your time. Like yeah, like a two second conversation about what you need. Yeah. Hey, can you pick up groceries? Yes. Awesome. That's what, you know, what do we need? Boom, 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 boom. Like perfect conversation. Right. But then it turns into, well, let me tell you about how horrible Mom and Day was. Well, yeah. and there's like, <laughs> and an hour later, you're like, this conversation should have been done like five minutes ago. You know right. what I mean? So moms, I know all fall into that category, but, uh, so don't get a real moms, but by all means, like there are some friends who just take way too much time and they're just time suckers. So the yeah. crabs, the time vampires and that, and the battery drainers, like fire them, fire them or restrict them. I yeah. only see them or give them my time X out. amount of days. Right. <laughs> What's that? What, what'd you do, Kathy? You got to set rules. Oh you got to set rules. <laughs> yeah. You got to set rules. And that's my biggest advice to everybody. You have to set rules. Talk to the person and say, listen, I'm trying to get to this next step and I really would like you on board. But listen, this is what I need from you and this is what it's going to be. You know, and be very firm about it. And if you love me and care about me, I really hope you come with me on this journey, you know, but you give them the opportunity. And if it sounds too scary or not, well, then they've made their choice, you know? <laughs> Well, you know, I was reading this article, and I'm not prepared with it today because I would really like to be able to reference who wrote it. Um, But it's two women who started their own business, and they were getting a lot of cynical. And it it was it's the family and friends, the ones that are closest to you that you know you think are going to support you, but they're the ones that were unfortunately you know giving them the bad advice or the it's not going to work or you know family loves to tell you what you can't do. Oh yeah, love it. But you know what they did, which I thought was really interesting. They started a you'll be sorry list, and they just it was a private list. Nobody knew about it except for the two business partners, and they just started keeping. The names of yep. the people, and it made them feel better. God, I it wish I would have done that. Yeah, I, <laughs> I well, wish I would have done that. Well, you still can. I know every single person. I know every single person. Yeah, like I know every single person that told me it was a bad idea putting a gym in Lapeer. And what are they? And what are they saying now, though? Oh, they a don't great say idea. Oh yeah, no, Oh, I knew that was a great idea. Yeah, I'm like, you are so full. Of crap. I know. <laughs> like, you know why I haven't talked to you in the past three years, right? Yeah. Yeah. This is why. Right. You know. Exactly. I mean, it just you do. You have to set up those boundaries because. Like I said, there's enough information out there that you have to battle every single day. The last thing you need is the, your support system not supporting you, right? Right. So get a new support system, change your information coming in, and it changes right. your belief system over time. And then all of a sudden things start changing. I tell everybody, if you want things to change, you got to change yourself first. You know, FAA tells me to put my air mask on before I put other people's air mask on, right? It's the same thing. Like you have to get your head right before you expect to help people around you, bottom line. Well, and I think there's, there's so much due to that. And I've had you know my own experiences in that, you know. And it's scary when you have people around you that aren't supporting you or are toxic in your life and you finally have to kind of move on. 
like there was a period where I was completely alone. You know what sure. I mean? I didn't have any friends. I didn't have any. But it was like it, I literally made room for amazing people to come into my life that I, you know, at, at the you time I was like, okay, I'll just, I'll just be, I'll be alone. You know, I have a dog. I love my dog. Yep. You know what I mean? I have my family. <laughs> you know, and so it's like, but but I didn't have any other, you know, supports or. Right. Outside things. If I got in a fight with mom, I couldn't really talk to my friends about it. You know, there sure. was no one there, and they, like right. at, you know, it's so tough. it's like at the same time, it's like you clean house because you can't make room for the people who it's are too positive. Much yeah, so mm-hmm. it's like if you're, you know, you're constantly surrounded by negativity, you, you don't make room for positivity. So and, people right. go, they right. they won't come near you. And one you drop know? of poison in a fresh well poisons that whole well. Yeah, yes. know that. Yes. Well, and, and you become who you surround yourself. Yes. Yeah, I've, I mean that's totally. You know, and that's why I believe in the power of masterminds and networks. That's what we were just talking about making our right. own. Group of amazing yeah. people. So what right? is that? Explain that. I, it's just something I was like thinking of earlier. I was like, you know, I, I I believe truly believe in the power of masterminding, meaning getting together with people who are really freaking good in areas where maybe you're not, or just really good in their own area of expertise. Because you're gonna find, no matter what industry, no matter what area of life, if they're the best at it or one of the best at it they all do the same things not knowing it, right? They all have almost the same habits, almost the same disciplines. They're right. just in their own different fields or their own areas of expertise. So we were joking around about doing like a Michigan one where we just get together all my big hitters from Michigan, all my all the big names and all the people who are, you know, really making waves right? and, and really going against the grain and and, uh, and putting up with the haters in the process, right? <laughs> and uh, and uh, so we were talking about maybe we should get together just like once a, once a month and get a dinner together or something, get everybody together and just fun. network and talk and think big that together cool. because big, when big you together. talk big together right like you leave those meetings feeling so powered up you know i pay right. upwards of you know almost two thousand dollars a month to be a part of some of my math masterminds but the thing is is i pay to play with these people because you leave there yes they teach you things and stuff but just the networking and being around the people and having conversations with people who get it right it, you don't it, you know it's like you really can't hang out with people who work a miserable nine to five and hate life because you don't you can't talk about anything with them right mm-hmm. you know what i mean so it's nice to be in the room of people who get it not nothing against people who work nine to five there are some right. really hard working people i mean we need nine to fivers i'm not right. knocking that but there's the miserable people and there's the people who love what they do right and we we like to hang out with the people who love what they do and uh and that way you leave those meetings just feeling on fire you're more pumped up you have new ideas you have people telling you so what are you doing next week you know rocky oh, well we're gonna go to new york i really want to record this thing and they're like you really need to do that like blah, blah, blah. i mean everyone's just so behind you and it gives you that that you know reiteration in your mental negative talk because we all have that little voice in the back of our head right. that's freaking out. It helps shut off that voice right. when you have all of these really successful people telling you do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I've never met a millionaire or billionaire that has told you not to do something unless right. for sure it was like a don't do that, but do this instead. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? And, and right. because they want to see you be successful. Because if the people around us are successful, we're the next one in line to be successful. Right? right? It's just the way it is. So I, I totally believe in getting together with a group of people. You know, once a month and just staying in contact and, and growing with each other. You know, and and it's cool too because you ever need something in a certain area and they're the expert right, in. Exactly. Of course, they know where to point you. So that does help as well from a from a beneficial game, but just from a mental game, it really is. I, I recommend everybody. Wow. Does it. All right. So how can people get a hold? of you if um, we have somebody that's listening right now a business owner well you can go to systemsunderground.com I have another website that's you can reach me reach me at but it's really hard to spell and chaotic because my name is not easy <laughs> okay, to spell so but systems uh, yep systemsunderground.com is our business website for people thinking about starting a company or whatever trying to automate things or systemize things my personal website you can reach out to me as briancalacay.com so. and can you spell that yeah, b-r-i-a-n k-a-l-a-k-a-y 
and we will post that yeah. as well. And so they can, and you'll go out and consult first. We or, consult. We have programs they can buy. We're actually getting ready to launch our first program program that teaches people how to automate the subscribers on their list in terms of making them into an ultimate subscriber, how to get people to stay on your list longer, engage longer, buy more from you, and of course, refer their friends. So it's really like tribe building via email. Uh, So we're working on a program launching hopefully in the next month and a half on that one. So that won't be super, super cool for anybody who's thinking about starting a business but doesn't know where to start Mm -hmm. in terms of building that email list of people who want to hear what they have to say and how to keep that list happy and building a relationship and getting them to support you but not in a sleazy way because there's rights and wrong ways to do email (laughs) marketing. Kohl's sucks at it. (laughs) Kohl's does it wrong. Don't ever email market like Kohl's. Uh, but <laughs> every day is a different coupon. I'm so sick of coupons. Oh. But, uh, um, but anyway. <laughs> so, so that's for new business owners. But then somebody who's been in business for a long time and just is is at a standstill. Also, great you'll, as well. you'll yeah. do a lot of times and they're at a standstill because again they're working wrong, they're working hard on the wrong things, or they don't have the automation set up in the front end of their company mm-hmm. to deliver that customer experience that people that's going to set you apart, right? So, how long so, does it take you to analyze a business, a new business that's not we, you know fitness? When we officially launch our coaching program, which will probably happen in the next six months. Uh, it'll probably, our level one coaching program will probably be a six-month process. Okay. Uh, and then after that, we'll have different levels after that for depending on what direction they want to go. But we are going to launch a group coaching program for people. Uh, they'll get you know the, the face-to-face time with me via online, obviously, because I'm not going to fly all over. But um, they'll get the online time with me there, and then we'll have the standalone training programs that will help them fix that one problem that they have, right? So a lot of people have an email list, but they don't know what to do with it. Right. So this will fix that one problem, right? And then we'll make another program for whatever. So we're, we'll okay. have programs. Programs and we'll have an actual coaching coaching program that will actually walk them through. If you were to set up infrastructure in a company to run and scale, this is step one, this is step two, this is step three. Okay. What about life coaching? I've been asked many times. <laughs> oh, although, you would be fantastic. Although I don't. <laughs> Uh, what I do is I do tie it into a lot of what we do in my other companies because I feel everyone needs it. Uh, I'm not going to be a Tony Robbins anytime soon. Uh, I love Tony, but I uh, it's one of those things where. I tie it into what I do, so no matter what interact, no matter what level someone interacts with me on, I'm still going to give that right. Uh, but in terms of standalone life coaching, uh, probably not. No, <laughs> probably not. Maybe Kristen. Maybe Kristen. <laughs> Maybe Kristen. She'll give the okay. blunt answer to everything. <laughs> oh well, thank Sounds you for right. coming back. This Absolutely. was just again. I say I feel like you did some life coaching I know, with, with yeah, us I'm like, today. I'm good. No. Um, I always have fun hanging out. You with always you. feel yeah. that way after he talks. Oh, gosh, yeah. Every time he does, it's every time just, I listen to him talk, it's always like okay. Uh, just I, ready I, I learned something. I, I feel better. That one conversation she sat down. I was talking about something it had nothing to do with her. And then three was like she goes. Damn it! I got to turn around and do something. She like she like had to change everything based on the conversation. I didn't even wow. know she was working on something yeah. at the time, but it was well, funny. thank you so much. Um, we are going to post the links, thank so you. Um, and we will definitely have you back again. Yes, please. Also, you guys, <laughs> fortunate cookies. And yes, we have our fortunate cookies that are fortunate. But yes. before we do that, what are we sipping on today, Rocky? Um, Rocky we are sipping. The drink I did today. pick the wine today. So um, you started with them with their little black dress. Um, competition, the challenge. So I picked Little Black Dress. Um, it's a white California wine. Um, so I picked that out for them. And because that's their... Um, the Fit Body Boot Camp. Little Black um, Dress Challenge. Yep, we have that every challenge. year. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, so 
that's in honor of your awesome. Little, hopefully, it'll help me slide into my black dress this year. <laughs> with that high voice, right? I know. Oh, yeah. No, wait till the rasp goes away. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's toss our cookies here and see what we have. And um, we, we're going to close the show today with a Lucas Graham song, and it's called um, "What's the Name of That Song?" Taken on the World by Storm. It's by Lucas Graham. So I thought of you guys. Right on. Thank Listened you. Listen to it last night at the show and. So we're going to go through real quick, read okay. our fortune cookies. What's that? Oh, that was just because remember it has to it has to point you. to you. I'm going to that is your fortune. So I'm going to have to make my unfortunate cookies for the next time. <laughs> I, I'd be curious. I will to find read a those. way. I will okay. find a way to make them. Here we go. Wait, wait. You have to read it by. What do we say first? Now we're starting with um, this year. Yep. So say the words this year. This year, despair is criminal. Oh. <laughs> That's what it says. Not try the shrimp. Try the shrimp. Go ahead, Kristen. Okay. This year, executive ability is prominent in your makeup. Oh, oh I told you she's the boss. Mm, yeah, <laughs> she's the neck. She is <laughs> the neck. Mine says this year, depend on your feet. You can climb the highest mountain. There you go. Then try the shrimp. So, then try the shrimp. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, take my shrimp, please. Climb the, the mountain, though. <laughs> yes. All right. I'm going to give Just you my bucket of crabs. There you go. Uh, mine says declare peace every day. All oh, right. You yeah. do chess. Yeah. yeah. And mine says this year, demonstrate refinement in everything you do. Hmm. Mm, That's interesting. interesting. Um, Mine says, this year, everything you add to the truth subtracts from the truth. Truth. Oh. Oh. Don't. Oh. That's a different one. Yeah, that's yeah it really is. <laughs> Can we trade? <laughs> Try the <Okay>. shrimp. <laughs> Did you read yours? Despair is oh, criminal. Yeah. <laughs> I, love the, well, I love those ones. Like, the sky yeah. is blue. Yeah. What? <laughs> and eat the shrimp. Interesting. All right, so happy hump day. Next week we have Team Money oh, yeah. and uh, Gary Strauss. Strauss. Yeah, yeah. excited. He's a inner... Uh, Attorney. Yep, he's an attorney by day and, and a rock star by night. Yeah, awesome. So this will yeah, be a really nice show. Yeah, yeah. he's yeah, an incredible so. guitar player. So I'm, I'm excited to see him. Yep, and we're going to end it with some Lucas Graham, "Take the World by Storm," because that's what Brian Calake does. Thank you. Mm-hmm. All right, <laughs> thanks, guys. Happy Hump Day. Happy Hump Day.
around how to jump the wall. 